0: Hey you, thanks for tuning in to Cheat Day Episode 8 the podcast where we talk about lifestyle productivity and the relationship between discipline and indulgence. I'm your host, Brendan Saucedo, and we've got quite the episode for you today. It's gonna to go a little bit longer than we usually do, but that's all right, because we have an amazing guest. He's not only a prolific learner and an awesome human being and a cat daddy, but he's also my best friend, and he's been challenging the way that I think and giving me tidbits on how to improve my efficiency as a learner for the past 15 years. So I'm really excited to sit down with him and uh, have a chat over this medium. So without further ado, Nick Rice is in the building. Let's dive into his mind. Welcome to Cheat Day episode 8. Nick Rice is joining us and he's going to be dropping yeah, a going. few bombs on us. He's a, I would say, I label him as a prolific learner and uh, he's also someone that I've learned a lot of things from over our, how long has it been now? What, 15 year friendship?
1: Uh, Yeah. Fifteen yeah. years, I think. Well, did we? No, we met when we were about fifteen. Yeah, yeah. two thousand. Well, no, fourteen. We were just about turning fifteen. Uh, we were. It was freshman yeah, year. We were
0: just turning. Yeah.
1: But we didn't really start hanging out till like sophomore year, I, th- yeah. I think. Like really heavily. Like, yeah. Uh, outside of school and stuff.
0: Yeah, man, it was a good old um, uh, West Campus. Uh, after second period or something, we had to walk over the bridge, and it was always just
1: like that. Was our our little hand in hand. Yeah, that's where we started holding hands, and then uh, <laughs> it was a bromance uh, from the beginning, from the start. Yeah. Never let go, never let go, Brennan, never Let's let go. go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As I'm like sinking into the ice water. <laughs>
1: nah, I just right, sank. My man, down seems Titanic. I'm glad. Yeah. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's it's definitely a it's, a it's a special thing, man. Not not too many people have that. It's like our own. Uh, as our own uh, version of super bad i'm pretty sure we could probably
1: make our own movie <laughs> replicating that so something we talked about <laughs> i think we talked about some ideas a few ideas yeah i think maybe if some certain um, influences or books or classes or mentors something different happened along the way yeah i think we totally could have i feel like everybody probably feels that way though oh yeah everyone everyone's got uh, everyone with the best story. friend <laughs> right uh that they did sleepovers with in high school still that uh <laughs> yeah they they still um they definitely feel like that's that's their jam that's their movie
0: yeah snuck out to go to parties and like find someone to uh, go pick up some booze from or or other illicit things
1: illicit <laughs> me well
0: never <laughs> no man it's california us we're us cool. we were
1: good boys we just went to the gym and
0: did our studying and it's true i almost OD'd on protein one time with you
1: <laughs> Are you talking in and out like beforehand before the gym? Oh double double animal style all day Jesus shit I, yeah i can't I, I can't do it like that anymore, man. It's starting I mean, to change It's all have down you been doubling me. up on in and out during quarantine? I mean we have, but <laughs> but like I shouldn't, and I've definitely been paying the price like we've we've uh we t- we've totally done like a 180 in our diet since quarantine started. Um, I mean we've been trying to our best to eat healthier Mm -hmm. beforehand, but we were just caught in kind of like a back and forth tumble between eating shitty, eating really good, eating shitty, eating really good. And then just constantly like getting on, falling off, getting on, falling off. And I think, honestly, in so many ways, quarantine has been pretty pretty amazing for us. Um, I don't know, that's that's kind of like a sad thing to say. It's great for us, but it's a sad thing to say because it's off the back of so much pain and suffering in the world. Um, not without our own pain and suffering, like I'm out of work essentially. And, you know, the future is, is uncertain, but, uh, but yeah, quarantine is, is definitely like been a total boost to like reorganizing organizing, our lives. Like we've been eating s- so much better. Like I said, like complete 180 in our diet. And if we hadn't been doing that, like I still gained weight, dude, <laughs> I still gained weight. Oh my God. And I, we, we cut out a lot. Like we're not eating, we were eating out like three or four times a week. Um, at least some days we were doing double and I'm talking like in and out, you know, fast food, Mexican, all different style, American, Mexican, 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 um, yeah. you know I mean, different Mexican kinds Me- of Mexican, Mexican. Can you,
0: can you yeah. quickly
1: distinguish what is American, American Mexican, Mexican, and
0: Mexican, <laughs> Mexican, <laughs>
1: Mexican, okay. American, Mexican <laughs> is like, El- uh, well, not exactly. Okay. So American, Mexican, like fast food is Taco Bell and, and Del Taco.
0: All right. All right. Cool
1: and Definitely then yeah. like mexican mexican is like your castanetas your alberto's your you know your what have you your one your anything that's like anything with like a <laughs> yeah with a a masculine mexican first name as the place of the the restaurant is name is the proper name <laughs> the proper noun for the restaurant <laughs> that is a mexican mexican restaurant and usually it's like super super greasy crazy amounts of cheese guacamole, bunches. of That's my cream. favorite and uh super salty al pastor, but so good. Oh, um it's just straight that. addicting, dude. Like it's crack. It's like complete crack. Yeah, dude. a a, a solid quesadilla or a
0: solid California burrito. Like how could you not want to go back the next day?
1: Again. I could have a burrito every damn day of my life. But you know, we've we've done a good job of I think um I've kind of taken the reins on like cooking uh, a bit and I think we've done a pretty good job on um, taking those things that are are like crack to us, that are addicting, the types of foods that are addicting to us—burritos, mm-hmm. burgers. Um, you know, it's <laughs> pretty much burritos and burgers and tacos, and, and then you know, looking at the ingredients and then trying to figure out, like, okay, how can we turn this into like a savory, satisfying thing that's going to fill us up, um, but also be good for us? And so, what we've been doing is really just replacing the meat with vegetables and then so mm-hmm. we're just like frying up the vegetables in the in the frying pan and then so have you uh, gone vegetarian this uh, uh at least no oh man that's a whole that's a whole another road we did go down a bit of a a bit of a heavy path on the anti uh factory farm uh train we oh, went yeah? on the anti-factory farm train we watched this documentary which is probably like the third or fourth Documentary that I've seen that you know exposes the whole animal cruelty and the living conditions of the livestock in these giant corporate factory farms and the realities behind the organic labels and that they're they're you know a lot of the times they are they're better than the factory farms but they still have like you know hundreds of chickens hens like in this small area and they're free range because they're not locked in like a four by four cell or whatever like a one by one little cage but they still um, you know are totally entrapped together, and they like eat each other, they turn cannibalistic oh damn yeah, even in those settings, but it, it can be labeled as free range. so we kind of went on this deep dive on like checking out the different labels that um, that are trending and popular because they sell and they sell to people who are trying to be more conscientious but not conscientious enough to know what's going on in the background and you know we've definitely been part of that, and I think a lot of people get scooped up in that because I think yeah. a lot of people want to do. Um, you know, the right thing, but then yeah. you get taken advantage of.
0: Yeah. A lot of people want to go and, you know, yeah, do right by just the due process of just our food system in general or any system really that we have available to us. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it really is pretty d- destructive. Um, all the things that we consume and um, whatever way that can make us feel like we're doing our part to make it better. A lot of us, you know, definitely try to do as much as we can until we realize damn, this is a lot harder and a lot less accessible than um, than it should be. And then it's just easy to slump back back into the same
1: cycle. Totally, yeah. So if you don't have like a, a good, like if you don't get those good habits in place and a good system in place, then that's basically what we were doing. We were kind of like just jumping back and forth um, until we were able to pause long enough. And that's what I was saying, that the quarantine's actually been pretty good for us in that regard, that we've been able to really like, take stock of our situation day to day Mm -hmm. and really make a change that was lasting. Yeah. I think it's kind of scary for the world that we're like so caught up in our lives. Um, you know, before all this happened that, you know, we can't even make this, not that we can't make decisions that, you know, are going to benefit us and the planet, uh, and all of us really in the future. But, um, that we can't even, I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's scary. I think I was talking to, I, I actually
0: talked to a lot of people about this, that, you know, we, we get so caught up in this rat race yes. that, you know, yeah. when we have a second to to actually breathe and look around, you know that we've had for this quarantine. I mean, I know it's been more than a second now, but having this time. Oh, yeah. To it's really almost realize, normal
1: now, which is another total weird.
0: Yeah. Thing. Like having this, this, this time to acknowledge what we're doing and and what we're missing, ourse- what missing out on and depriving ourselves from, like whether it be awareness or even just a healthy diet, it's, yeah, it's sad. It, and it's, it's, uh, it's actually, yeah, just scary to see that that's, that's the normal. And this is an awkward normal, but now normal, that we are, have the time to be aware and have the ability or just the freedom to, you know, look into certain subjects that will benefit us and the world.
1: Yeah, and it's not that people... It's not that people couldn't change their lives before, but I don't know, man. It was just it's so just much such a big
0: ass so much harder. harder yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> it's so like, much harder. You got like I, I really commend you know like just anyone that really can make shit work, because I we I think we've discussed this a long time ago. I think I was visiting yeah. you in Arizona. One time, and I was like, "Dude, like life is so crazy. Like it's literally a rat race, and people literally have to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop just to put food on the table, roof over their head, and live out this generic American dream. And that's, and it's so hard to just achieve that. Now, you know, to make your life more than that generic dream is, it's almost like a pipe dream in itself. Like, oh yeah, that's never really yeah. gonna happen. Like you, you are given enough resources to, to
1: struggle just less than most people and there's and there's always more there's always more um distraction so there's nowhere you right. can't look and not be distracted not be sold and not yeah. be you know someone trying to take your attention someone or something trying to take your attention and take your money
0: yeah and
1: take your time which is even more important I mean, which is money even more important cause, i mean you can find more money but you ain't gonna find more time yeah um and none yeah. of this is to say that terrifying. you know we
0: have a terrible life or anything like that. It's just that you know there's so many things no, no, no. obstacle courses.
1: Yeah. Just we're to super, super grateful. Um we're super super grateful and acknowledge almost every day like how, how amazing this has been that we've been able to um to do this and, and uh you know obviously we would wish it on better circumstances, but uh right. you know you gotta Life gives you lemons, you say, fuck the lemons and bail. <laughs> I couldn't resist the forgetting Sarah Marshall quote. Um, uh, but yeah, I you, just you... watched that movie the other day. <laughs> Such a good movie. Yeah. Oh my god. I think we've watched it twice on Court. Dude, we've been watching so many movies.
0: Oh man. Um, yeah, that's one thing I've actually been able to sneak into my schedule. Just like yeah. I I can I can, you know, put in a couple movies here and there. Like last night I actually watched Honey Boy. Um, I don't know what that is. It's the movie where Shia LaBeouf basically, he he, he basically wrote a movie about him writing a movie. And the movie that he wrote was literally a journal. Yeah, Yeah, but the movie that he wrote was a journal that he wrote in rehab about his childhood traumas. And then he, and basically it was centered around his relationship with him and his father during like the even Steven days and how it developed into his whole crash and going into rehab. And he played his father in the movie.
1: What a mind Um fuck.
0: That was chaperoning his twelve-year-old self. Holy shit! So it's like this crazy, like, yeah, it's such, it's like, it's it's this weird house of mirrors. He wrote it with his dad. No, he wrote it while he was in rehab by himself, oh, and then okay. he told his dad later on, "Hey, I wrote a movie, and I'm gonna make a movie about you." but he didn't i've watched an interview before with him though he he didn't tell his dad that i'm gonna play you um because he knew that you know his dad probably wouldn't have liked that but he just wanted to get his dad's blessing like hey i'm gonna re- i'm gonna make a movie about you and his dad was like all right cool you know like <laughs> make me look good <laughs> or yeah, some shit like that that's all you could have helped like, yeah <laughs> and then um yeah he you know that that movie was like really um really highly praised and uh yeah, it's it's just a it's a crazy, like I think it's a crazy like masterpiece. But it's it's such a masterpiece because it's literally just him being genuine, like an egoless tramp, uh, transcript of his life uh and his relationship with his father. That like yeah, it's it's nuts.
1: You definitely I gotta gonna, watch. I'm it. gonna put it on my list. Yeah. Boom. Here we go. Oh, on yeah. my Trello. All right. So. Uh, what is it, Honey Boy? Honey Boy. Yeah. Fire.
0: Um, it's a little, you know, it's a little intense and like a little bit emotionally draining, but it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's a good, it's a good emotionally draining. You want emotionally draining. You want to hear an emotionally draining movie? Uncut oh. Gems. Have you seen Oh, that? dude, that I've, I haven't seen it yet.
0: But I've heard <laughs> oh that it's literally oh just God. like a, a, a okay, slow well, not- two hour train wreck that you're just watching unfold piece by
1: piece and, and you have no yeah. control. Of well, I literally had no I pretty much had no I had no idea what it was about other than I heard that it was good like I heard that Adam Sandler's performance in it was great and Mm -hmm. I love Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, you know Happy Gilmore, 51st States, you know all all the classics Um, but I didn't know anything about it and so we flipped it on I'm like we gotta watch this it's Adam Sandler let's do it and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude it's just it's like it's like watching a meteor just slowly coming out of left field and just crashing into the earth and everything blowing up and getting destroyed oh, but shit. you but you're just like got to sit there and watch it for two and a half minutes. you can't look away you're like you, you know that you know this, <laughs> like, this can't end good like you know that it can't with, end like, good one eye, just, uh... <laughs> yeah no I, we literally were in the couch like like reeling back and anxiety <laughs> gabby literally had to get up and leave the room a couple times because she was so anxious Oh, my God. And I'm, like, halfway up the, the wall. Up the couch. is like, like, oh, my God. Like, couch. this isn't yeah, happening. <laughs> dude. I feel like that's yeah, how it, it was. It was good, but it was worth it. I, a lot, I feel like half and half. Like, some people are like, yeah, it was worth it. And then other half are like, nah, dude, too much anxiety. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, yeah those that movies, like... Yourself.
0: I, yeah, I, I kind of like those those slow train wreck movies. Like it, it. I, don't know, it, it I loved it. Yeah, I love something in your I brain. I love the
1: pain. <laughs> yeah, I love to watch somebody else's life that is just so much more stressful than yours. Right, and like oh, woo, not even man. I, not even them like come out on top or on bottom or wherever. Yeah, whatever. Just happened. like a, a
0: crazy dose of someone's reality that may or may not be worse than yours. It's <laughs> almost like a stress reliever in yourself.
1: Like you feel yeah, like. Of a it, strength, you're like afterwards though afterwards
0: yeah yeah afterwards you're like man my life ain't it was so like bad it's like a really
1: hard workout for your for your brain just like oh, a man. stress workout <laughs> it's like yeah, squeezing like- a mental stress ball that's what it was like just like i think we beat this one over the head though okay oh, something man. that that's the opposite of that was it, it, it's something that i experienced over um over quarantine too was this film, okay, so it's this art film from, like, 1983, I think. It's called Koyan Katsi, and I've been trying to – I've been selling it to everybody, I'm, I'm going to sell it to you now. Right. Actually, I think right. I might have told you Told You You have told it, me,
0: but. but I never figured out how
1: to spell it, so I haven't watched it yet, but please. Okay, it's spelled, it's spelled kind of weird. I, it's, I think it's an Opie word. I'm I not sure if watch, I'm pronouncing that right. Hopi, Opie. Opie, I think it's Like the, the Native American tribe right um koyaan iskatsi k-o-y-a-n-i-s-q-a-t-s-i Koyan iskatsi and this film they this film was made in first 1930s. of all I, for, I commend you for even remembering how to spell that this I, is so yeah. weird dude i well i had to look it up and then i had to I think I spelled it t- for Gabby like five times. <laughs> you definitely spelled it out for me a few times before too. And I still haven't. So yeah, now but... I'll remember it for the rest of my life. But uh, man, I'm really trying to get everybody to watch this movie because I think it's amazing. And I stumbled upon it um, just on the internet, watching other podcasts. Uh, somebody I respect uh, mentioned it. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go check it out. And so what it is, is this visual tone poem from the 1980s in which It's two and a half hours long of all visuals. So there's a lot of like time lapses and it's set to a really good musical score and there's no dialogue, there's no narration, there's no really narrative other than, I mean, there is, but it's more loose and ambiguous. It's all just based on the juxtaposition of the differing images. And the word Koyaaniskatsi means life out of balance. So, what it what it is showing it a lot is like the juxtaposition of like the growth of human technology alongside mm-hmm. nature and then kind of like what the the technology has done to the landscape and, and also done to our daily lives and so it shows people, nature, people with nature, people with technology, nature just you know really warped by technology and um man, it's just really good. It's really, really, really so good. And, and it just puts you into this trance. I think that's what's really interesting. I literally watched it like three days in a row the first time that I saw it um, because I just liked what it did to my brain. Like it kind of mm-hmm. puts you into this meditative state without you having to work for it, you know, because it's, it's hard to yeah. sit there and just not, not, not think about anything, but to calm your brain. And this was kind of a hack to do that without having to take drugs which <laughs> that's I nice. like because that's like not a sustainable like daily thing to be doing. Um, yeah. But, but no, like the, the first time Gabby and I watched it, we literally like barely even peeled our eyes away from the screen, but we had this amazing back and forth conversation about um, reality and, and the world. Um, and then I watched it a couple times after that. And yeah, I'm trying to sell everybody on it, dude. I hope I've done a good job just now. <laughs> I mean go watch it go watch it Yeah I mean I I I've, I've been super
0: sold on this I mean it sounds super cool something totally different Definitely reminds me of maybe even like some films and things that you might I might have seen in like science class growing up that I like yeah. was just super entranced in like almost like the same way people are entranced in uh planet earth or like you know those nature shows and stuff
1: but oh, yeah. on a whole we, another level We watched yeah, we watched all of those. Yeah, it is, it is a, a, a different level because it, it wants your attention. So, you know, what's even, I just realized there's a unique aspect to it. Unique, uniquely poised to gain our attention mm-hmm. in our age and our time is because people, like, everything we have is so loud. And everything talks. The phone talks, the, the brick in your pocket talks, your computer talks, the TV <laughs> yeah. talks. The fucking speakers talk. The you know, Alexa talks, your some people's fucking stoves talk. You know, they they're their refrigerators <laughs> talk, true. your car talks, yeah. like everything is so loud and vying for your attention. And this thing is kind of more um understated in that it doesn't it's not like trying to hit you with pipe, pipe pipey pithy dialogue, mm-hmm. um smart dialogue. Uh it's not trying to yell at you. It's not trying to put these really um, in-your-face moments on screen to 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 attract and then keep your attention. It's really um, it's just like this is it. This is our world. This is what's going on. This is what it looked like. This is what it looks like today, and and that's it. Just experience that it's for a second. Like calm your yeah, calm your brain, calm your mind, and yeah. it just, and so since I've been watching that, I, I had such a good experience. Uh, we both did. That now, even when I go on, like when I'm just sitting here um, and I'm reading, I'll put on on my computer, I'll put on, um, I'll throw on YouTube and I'll, I'll just play like uh, people walking through the streets of New York City or like Istanbul or um, like drone shots of like aerial drone shots of uh, like hour long footage of just like flying over mountains and stuff. And then I turn up the speed to like times eight. I downloaded like a little uh, Chrome application that lets you speed up YouTube time. You can speed it up like 20 times, but then it like doesn't just make, make it sense. look like a crazy yeah, time. Like a thing. But uh, yeah, so it'll be like 20 minutes. And, and so I'm kind of creating like my own little Koyan Gatsi. So I don't get distracted every time I do look up. I'm like, oh, like it's, it's engaging, but it's not so engaging that it takes me out of what I'm doing. And it yeah. also prevents me from, from uh, jumping on my computer. And cause that's what happens. Like you look up at the screen and you're like, okay, what, before you can even ask yourself, what am I doing? Your hand is already, you know, guiding the mouse or, or, you know, you're already looking for like the next thing that you're going to, you probably click on the browser and suddenly you're clicking, you know, open new tab and you're hitting F and boom, Facebook comes up automatically and suddenly you're scrolling and, you didn't even know how that happened and 30 minutes later 30 minutes of your life is gone and you've just scrolled yeah. past a bunch of shit that you don't care about and <laughs> <you> <laughs> and then I mean? you're like wait what the hell did i just do with my 30 minutes that i'll yeah. never get back yeah, like, yeah. Oh, just if you even shit. have the presence of mind to, to do that yeah because yeah. our media is so and i guess that's probably what was happening like what we were talking about earlier with With that, it was so much harder when we weren't in quarantine to realize that those things were happening because we were coming home from work and then jumping on, you know, our media, our phones. Yeah, because we want something else
0: to think for us for for a change and we just let ourselves veg out in that because it's not, I don't, it's kind of like, it walks the line between engaging
1: and entrancing and it kind of just takes control, you know, for a little bit of time. and I don't want to like, I definitely there have been times in my life that I feel like I've been really angry at social media or have demonized it, but ultimately, I mean, now where I am now is that a lot like, well pretty much anything everything in this world, it doesn't matter what it is, games, social media, um, drugs, candy, literally anything addictive, it's not that those things are bad, it's that your relation to them your your relationship to them is rotten and is right. bad and some midnight gospel shit um, right there oh <laughs> man dude oh, oh dude, yeah. i totally for- not that i forgot about that but yeah we that is an amazing show yeah uh, by the way if, did you get if, to uh, watch
0: it
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah so so actually this is something that
0: i talked about in um the first i think the first two episodes of cheat day um i kind of uh I was, I would just started watching that series because I think you told me about it and I was like, oh, super into it. And just that episode right there, it was the first one, like it completely captured me. Where the main takeaway of that was like, oh, yeah, you know, drugs and things like that, they're not bad. It's your relationship to them that That's is okay. toxic.
1: You're, you're right. That is where I, I got that idea from yeah
0: and like i feel that way exactly about social media and uh, a lot of things that people want to demonize but really it's just exposing a lot of the darker parts of life that you already have inside you um in a different medium
1: yeah but there is but there is a certain aspect of like these things are so compelling and so designed in such a way and orchestrated in such a way backed by science and by a lot of smart people who are trying to figure out how to how to um you know, maximize your time on any and all of right. these platforms, and I'm not just saying social media. Um, oh, no, no, like, it's, it's al- so people who many created out al- people who have been making al- like alcohol didn't need to be designed to be more addictive; it already did. Like it already was that for the yeah. I mean, they could make it more alcoholic, but you know, you know what I mean, like <laughs> yeah, like the chemical reactions in your brain could be like a little bit more intense, but still, there's been forty years of trying to figure out how to make video games more addictive. Now, the industry doesn't call it that. They use different verbiage and, and well, different they say more vocabulary, engaging but, or, you know, yeah. things like that. Safe, safe or PC words, really. And so what uh, happens before you even know that, that that thing has been designed to do that to you, you already have created a habit and it's already sunk its hooks into you and, and, right. and, and is encouraging a, a, a bad relationship. Um, and that's I, I'm drawing the parallel to games and, and social media. Um, but, but social media does that in in a pretty nefarious way because it uses your, um, it uses your desire to be seen by your friends and your family and your desire to know what's going on in your friends and your family's life, uh, to sell you shit that you don't need. (laughs) Um, but it's not always like that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, I don't want to demonize it. But, um, you know, yeah. some people can have a perfectly fine relationship to, to drugs and alcohol and never go off the deep end and have, like, a total normal life. And then there's a lot of other people who should never, ever even look, at, look in that direction. And I think with yeah. social media that I've come to realize more about myself is that I'm heavily on the side of, like, this is just bad for me. Right. I can't say it's bad for everybody. but yes. I look at the landscape and I look at my life and, and I don't like it, what it does to my brain. I'm not sure how we got on this topic, but <laughs> no worries, actually, like, hey, I actually was going to try and avoid this topic, to be honest. Oh, dude, um, like, some, I mean, this I is guess that's it's a good topic everything. to be on, really.
0: Yeah. Um, do you feel like, you know, since we're on the topic, that there's ways to create a healthy relationship with social media? Because, I mean, we all know... About all the toxic ways um, it can interact with our lives, and, and how it's introduced to us and perceived in, in toxic matter. Do
1: you feel yeah. like there's
0: any kind of more productive and, and healthy ways to go about about these? Well, the, like, I think
1: the yeah, I think the trending ways are like oh, I'm gonna have like a I'm gonna have like a detox week, but I don't think that that goes far enough because all that does that's not for me. It wasn't long enough. And I think, I, I think it's not long enough for a lot of other people too, because a week is long enough to be like, Oh, I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm not going to be on that thing. And then afterwards I'm going to feel good about myself because I detox for a week. And then you're just going to jump right back into the old habits. So really, I think you got to detox long enough to see whether you miss it or not. Like really miss it. Not, not like, um, like, Oh, I have this itch and like, I miss it. Uh, but really yeah. I just want to like get that scrolling itch. I want to see what's going on. I want to feel like I'm yeah. going to know. Yeah, I just um, want to see some quick, easy,
0: like, serial, like, double tapping yeah. action going on.
1: Yeah, because so I mean... I, I don't know if I would recommend the way that, that I've done it to other people, but I can tell other people what I've done yeah. to, like, try and reform that relationship. Right. Yeah, because I, I, I took a, a six-month break from social media as a whole. Okay, that's pretty um, long. Last year. Especially in... Oops, sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I was just going to say, especially because of uh, what, your ten- what you're doing right now, what your, uh, what your line of business is. Right. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, like, it, it's kind of funny, like when I decided, speaking of business, yeah, when I decided to, you know, go all in and start a social media marketing agency. Yeah. One of the first things that I cut off, which I was already leaning towards doing anyways, I just needed an extra push, was social media itself. Yeah. which was incredibly ironic and a lot of people <laughs> that I was talking to they were like wait, wait wait you're starting a social media marketing agency and you're quitting social media for an indefinite amount of time and I was like okay okay yeah. so
1: <laughs> okay maybe it is a good thing that I brought this up because now I'm interested to hear uh, more about that can you flesh that out for me can you yeah, flesh that so- out for us for yeah, for everyone watching. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when I
0: started really diving into creating an agency, uh, um, creating a digital marketing agency specifically for social media ads, um, particularly Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, one of the things that I noticed um, even before was, you know, the, the toxic activity of social media. Um, You know, certain people, they can go on there and cyber bully you. Um, The unrealistic uh, images that people put up of themselves. Basically, you know, everyone kind of has this unspoken agreement that your Instagram page is really like a highlight reel. And if you start to judge yourself and compare yourself to these people's highlight reels and not really, and and only, you know, have uh, only process your experience of these people, um, whether you know them or not, at this high level and not really have a chance to understand that there is, there's these peaks and valleys in between, it could be really dangerous. And then also knowing that and starting a business, um, well, just starting a business on its own is a really tough and hard thing um, on, on your mentality. Like you, you got to have the nuts to fucking go forward um, <laughs> with an idea. The, you got to believe in something enough to invest money into it, invest time. And also, there's going to be so many people, especially in something that's still kind of new, like a social media marketing agency. There's going to be so many people that's going to be like, oh, that, that doesn't work. Oh, that's stupid. Oh, you're so, you know, there's people that when are kind of like, even when I was just kind of testing out a couple of different copywriting methods and different types of images of myself and, and the things that I'm doing in my life. I was getting scrutinized in the background for a bunch of different things that I felt like it was just irrelevant. I was like, who even cares about me that much to say that this is stupid? So I was like, all right, cool. I can allow people to talk to me and about bitter, me. Man. Yeah, some people just suck. But I can <laughs> allow people to talk to me and about me like that because I feel like mentally I'm a little bit, I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm mentally strong enough to take it yeah. um, to a certain extent. But I'm not mentally strong enough for people to talk about my dreams like that. Yeah. So that's where I was like, okay, cool. The things that I'm doing, I'm not going to talk about starting a social media marketing agency online. If someone wants to talk to me about it in person, or if I, you know, feel like talking to somebody else about it. Cool. Because that's a controlled conversation where I can actually give you context and you can give me feedback versus like, Oh, what you're doing is stupid. Oh, there's, you know, so many people doing that, blah, blah, blah. Basically giving me every reason to understand why I shouldn't do something. But then at the end of the day, it would only pigeonhole me back into the same miserable loop of shit that I was already in. Cause at that point in time, yeah. I was not super happy with the line of work that I was in. Um, <clears throat> and then knowing the uh, yeah, the toxicity of social media was just like, okay, cool. Paid ads and doing and running an advertising agency is completely different than just putting pictures up of myself and praising this and that or giving into other people's opinion about other people that I idolize yeah so instead of even letting that be a thing I was like all right cool let me detox it rewire my brain and my association with social media what it's for and how it can actually help people rather than how it's been a detriment to so many people's happiness. And that's kind of where I developed the idea of doing this podcast and be like, all right, cool. If I'm going to go back on social media, I'm only going to promote positive things. I'm actually going to give other people a platform to um, kind of like, yeah, express their journey and how they got there and what positive ways or even what negative things that they've experienced that have gotten them to the good spot that they're at right now. For other people to to listen in on share and actually even weigh in on their opinions so
1: i think that's pretty akin to to what i was feeling too that um well especially i remember this feeling i haven't been on social media in a while but i also was in a business you know i was streaming full-time trying to entertain people on the internet and then uh, you know playing video games and competing and you know, had a little production company that Matt and I, uh, a friend of ours, um, were running Crafts together. Singles. Crafts. angles. <laughs> um And I remember that, that this, is, this is for me when, when I realized, like, oh, my relationship to this thing is really poor. It's really sour. Um, is that, like, everything that I was doing, I was constantly trying to think of, like, okay, how do I leverage this so that I can get that. You know, for lack of a better word, that internet clout. Like, how can I even like mundane? Like, I was trying to think of like mon, how to turn the most mundane things in my life into something interesting, for the sake of like. I knew that I should be investing, um, like my time into these platforms. Like, I was putting effort into these platforms. So, right. just by in doing that, they were also encouraging me to to do more and more and more and more. And then I just found all of a sudden, I you know woke up. It, I say I woke up one day, but really it was over time that I realized like, oh my God, I have like no more privacy. <laughs> and, then I, <laughs> and then that was a really big yeah. shocker, shocker to me because I see myself as like a pretty private dude. Um, and that, that was a big like uh, ego shock too because I realized like, wait, like what? Like, why haven't I challenged my, like, why, why am I doing all this? And then as, essentially like it all came crumbling down because I was like, wait, I don't want to do this. This isn't like, I'm getting sucked down into this like sunk cost fallacy where I've like put all this effort into this thing. And then because I'm, you know, gaining success in it, um, what started out as fun though, like got, as I got more and more successful, became less and less fun and I became less and less happy. Um, and I don't mean fun is like, Oh, la di da. Like that has never been my, um, like goalposts for like fun job. To me, like fun is, is mastery, is, is getting really good at something and, and and seeing success by by just practicing and doing it all the time. Um, and like fun in, in a more satisfying way than, you know, not just like jolly. Right, yeah, clean, not just like, you it's like, no, something that's fulfilling and, and kind of feeds your soul a little bit. Yeah, so that, that, and that's what I found is like the more and more success I got, the more and more I felt entrapped on these platforms. Less and less privacy I felt I had, and uh, the more and more I had to like take a step back. And a lot of, like what you were saying too, like yeah, uh, this is probably advice more for for younger people. But I see, even see adult, uh, I say adults. So I'm an adult, but adult adults, yeah. <laughs> like you know, fifty fifty plus, you know, yeah. talking about um, the things that they aspire to, the things that they want to do soon, and the things that they're gonna do. And you know, maybe a lot of them have a good track record of staying on top of that. But I, I think a, I think a lot more people should just shut up. (laughs) Should just like hold, just hold that. And like, let it be a secret for like a while. Like let it be yours for like six months to a year before you let the rest of the world have it. Right.
0: Like I've actually really been studying and looking into, well, yeah, I've been really studying and trying to practice as much as I can. um, Intentionalism and a big pillar in that, you know, well, there is, you know, yeah, there's yeah one of the big pillars in that is um, delayed gratification, and the effects that that has on not just you but your overall mentality, um, mm. <clears throat> and it kind of goes hand in hand with with a lot of what's going on today. You know this outrage culture. You know people speaking out on subjects where they don't necessarily know all the facts, but they read the headlines and they kind of run with it, or.
1: If someone caught you know, up in the wave, swooped yeah, up in the wave the, yeah, of they emotion get and anger sucked and... into it,
0: <laughs> yeah. And when you know you, when you hold back on on your ideas that you're developing, and you full, start to see them fully develop, and then you start to express them to the world, you and and you've delayed that gratification for yourself of other people praising you for an idea or. A thing or even praising yourself with a piece of chocolate after you've worked super hard for like 20 minutes straight you know like uh you there's something that happens to your brain yeah. that kind of helps you um build that not only discipline but that mental stamina that really um starts to translate and affect you for a longer period of time rather than having the, that sweet sugar just give you that yeah. little high for two seconds. And this is
1: an extreme example of, of what you're talking about. But I, I was listening to the, I've been really interested in, in design process in general. So I've been, I've been reading up on the design process, but in all different mm-hmm. industries, because I'm really just interested, I'm interested in the design process as, as like a fundamental, like the principles of, of uh, design like how movies were made, how video Mm -hmm. games are made, how concept artists, you know, take the ideas that are communicated to them and then like iterate on them in a visual way. And then, um, you know, and then later in the production, people turn those things into aliens or creatures and et cetera, et cetera. But those are all different levels of the the design. Well, we're just talking about movies here in this case, but um, I was watching this one guy He's a concept designer. His name's uh, Zhang Zhu, I think. And he said that when he was between like 18 and 20, I think, like basically when he got out of high school, he's like, I want to do this. I want to be a concept designer. Like, I'm just going to draw. I'm just going to practice my drawing. He already was like amazing, but he's like, I got to become the best of the best. And so he he like locked himself in his room basically and was like, I'm not going to eat. Until I practice. <laughs> so he literally was like, um, I can't survive unless I do the work. Um, and that's so what he said that he did. And uh well now he's had a pretty long and fruitful career. He worked on all this the original uh Star Wars's, not the original oh, ones, dang. the um the prequels. Uh, <laughs> that's the only that's the only project I could think of right now, but but he's worked on like like, the top a, a ridiculous amount of stuff. He's super prolific. But that's just it's just interesting because it's an, an extreme example of what you're talking about, like delaying that right. gratification for yourself. Yeah, a little bit that goes back to the social media is that that the, those programs, the software, is designed to just be hit after hit after hit after right hit after They're hit.
0: They're designed to to get you to engage on the complete opposite of the spectrum and get instant gratification. And that's yeah. I feel like that's it's crazy because like there was a book that actually I'm pretty sure you read as well. Um, earlier on this year, called the Shallows that we both spoke yeah. a little bit about, and yeah, yeah it talks yeah. a lot about this, like how over time, you know, the brain is an adaptive muscle, just like all your other muscles, and you know, if you hit it with attack, you know, enough this in the same way over time, just the same way that you double tap on your screen for Instagram, something's going to start changing, and something's going to start adapting to appease and and um Best fit that style of thinking, you know. And if, if as a yeah. society we have that available to us, which I mean, on Facebook alone there's what 2.5 billion active users, and on Instagram there's sh- something within that range as well, um, all lot. over the world. <laughs> and we have this a lot of people. Yeah, we have this digital engine that promotes instant gratification as a society that's been around for you know at least the past 10 years. You know, it's no yeah. wonder super that's, new still. It, yeah, it's super new in the grand scheme of things, but it's had enough time to really show some scary effects, which I think where a lot of this outrage culture comes from. Before, you know, a lot of outrage came because there was a lack of um, a lack of knowledge yeah. out there, but now I think it's more so related to a lack of uh, depth in knowledge because of people's yeah. thinking and, and learning habits.
1: And it's just crazy. Well, I think that. the mob just didn't have like a way to communicate with each other and, and all for them to know that they're all angry together. Yeah. And then for everybody else to hear about it. And now, <laughs> now we do. Yeah. Um, it's but crazy. Yeah. And it's like a scary, like uh emerging yeah. effect of social media.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy. I was actually looking up, uh, you know, I, I like to go on YouTube, click one video and just kind of let it go on shuffle. And, uh, I ended up on a video. It was an interview with Denzel Washington on the red carpet, and something that he said really struck me and kind of stuck with me. And he's like, "Oh yeah, as media, you know, you guys have a responsibility. Uh, you know, for the longest time, you've you've been pressed with the the responsibility to to be first, to report the news, report the news, and then report it first. And then it got to a point where report the news first. It doesn't matter if it's true or not." But now you really need to get to the point where your responsibility, your core responsibility, is to report the news. If you can make it first, great. But at the same time, you need to make it true, because you could see the effects that it's had on the world thus far when it's not true. Yeah. And I was like,
1: <laughs> just damn, Denzel. Oh, let's. Uh, maybe we could put a cap on the on the social media. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't, I don't want to like beat it over its head. I'm not, I, I just want to be clear that I'm not saying that I think everybody should fucking uninstall all their social media apps. No, not at all. Everybody should get off it. But sometimes I think, yeah, we're so I, caught up. Oh, sorry. What? Oh, uh, no. Please. I was going to say that I think sometimes we're all, we're all so caught up in, uh, in our lives like we've been talking about. And then you forget to ask the question of yourself. And so if, right. if we can be, if I can be, and if we can be that, that repetition of that question, and maybe uh, so that your mind goes oh maybe i should you know challenge the assumptions that i have about my daily life right you know going you know through the motions of scrolling through social media then i, I think that we would uh, that would make me happy and if you change right. nothing that would, that's up to you <laughs> yeah i don't know no worries. i think the biggest takeaway um that i that i think
0: we both are kind of like poking at with that specific topic is to really encourage people or yourself to change or level up the way you think and just be more conscious and more present in what you're doing rather than taking for granted the actions that we don't think about much that just happen to be you know they just happen to be social media um, (laughs) at this point in time you know every generation has its thing
1: but All all right so what's what's some like weird thing that you do all right weird or absurd thing that you love to do see that's an important important distinction some weird or absurd thing that you love to do that nobody else knows about let's see
0: a weird or absurd thing that i like to do that nobody knows about um aside from wrote my goatee like this i've been doing this for years
1: People make fun of me um this is I think that's probably not that weird though. Yeah, it's not. I've been sitting here like scratching my hands. Yeah. And touching my face. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think uh, one of the weird things that I like to do, um, as simple as it sounds, is sweeping. I don't know why, especially now that I live closer to the beach and there's always sand in my place. Sweeping sweep so it, wait. It's weird because you like it? It's weird because it's like it's one of those snacks that I just do. Like I don't think about it. I'm like, oh I have to sweep. It's like no I'm gonna get the broom and just start sweeping and I'll just be here for like 20 minutes thinking it's like active meditation for me I sit there and I think and I just sweep and sweep and then if my apartment's clean and I don't have to sweep my apartment anymore I literally go out my balcony start sweeping in front of all my neighbor's apartments and just sweep
1: and like (laughs) I just do it and like 20 minutes later I'm like oh shit (laughs) yeah like do you pop and lock when you do it too Sometimes, I'm not
0: gonna lie. When I have my headphones on, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like dancing as I'm sweeping to the music. And then, like, but if it's funny because I'm doing with my headphones on, and then people, they don't hear the music, but they're just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because <laughs> I'm on my balcony, like, for yeah, everyone to see facing the street. Yeah, I mean, I don't, pretty it's weird. not like when you say, hey, I sweep, it's like, oh, yeah, well, everybody sweeps. I'm like, no, it's like, it's like a, it's this a is mess. like a certain
1: level of, of sweeping. This is like, yeah. you're like a next level yeah sweeping. this is a high level sweeping i'm a craft sweeping agent i do i like i like vacuuming vacuuming yeah. was my job as a kid so do you think it I has don't.
0: a something to do with like um like white noise like you have that that the noise of the vacuum to kind of filter out your thoughts oh i never really thought of it
1: like that yeah i think maybe yeah I mean it's like I don't know there's something satisfying about it you got this big old machine and you're like mm-hmm. sucking up all this dirt and hair and grime and stuff and I don't and know it's like, like, like it, I don't know there's something like primal about it that I that I like it's like, oddly uh, satisfying
0: like watching the gar- like that. the
1: garbage truck yeah like, like remember when like, you were a little kid and you used to watch the garbage truck You'd be watch like, it and be like it's like
0: clamps the trash can Dude. it
1: out slowly dude i forgot what that was like and then cheese mm. our, our cat cheese um she watches she doesn't like it but she watches mm. it she mean dogs it she like freaks out and she like, like she watches she, it like a hawk and then i realized a and then so i started watching it with her to like calm her down and i was like oh yeah i used to watch the garbage truck <laughs>
0: yeah. so it's like such an interesting just thing i mean like oh it's that it's just the trash but then you look at it you're like no it's more than that
1: it's an incredible it's trash. a pretty intense machine dude it's got yeah like someone hard. created
0: that crazy machine just to take, just the to trash take out the trash
1: so awesome <laughs> see it's probably now, not the weirdest thing that i do though
0: i'm pretty sure you do weirder things
1: yeah maybe we probably should the, go
0: into probably the weirdest thing that you could talk about in public. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Let's do a little speed round of some questions. Um, okay. What, what is, ooh, what's the most influential thing that you've bought during quarantine that's under $100? Um,
1: okay, I've been buying like a lot of, I've been buying a lot of used books, but I don't think that's my answer. Uh, used under books hundred bucks. They like, okay. the smell oh. these books. Mm-hmm. I have it. I have it. Uh, 80, 80. Okay, it was 80 bucks. Um, okay, I've been in a lot of pain for like a while, like pretty much all of my 20s, just been in pain. Um, mental I think I attribute a lot of no, or <laughs> physical pain, physical and mental, I guess. But um, <laughs> I attribute that a lot to like uh, posture, postural issues. Um, and I could never find the right chair. And I spent 80 bucks. On this um, bench, it's just a bench. I it was like, I swore off all chairs. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with chairs. I'm done trying you chairs. Swore off that nice Let's chair. Let's just a bench, dude. I know my my poor mother. She bought that for me, and it was expensive. And and I don't even use it. It's cheese's. <laughs> it's cheese's chair now. She loves. She lays right it's there. The cat bed. And so I, yeah, it's a it's a big cat bed. Really expensive cat bed. I bought this bench, dude. And so I just straddle this bad boy like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm give everybody an example. And it's perfect, dude. So like, whenever I'm at the whenever I'm at the desk, I have to make a conscious decision to like, I'm going to sit there and work because it's work to hold yourself up for, for you know, I mean, even just playing video games, like it's work to hold yourself up. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, so much you got on your a back beautiful
1: back. posture, and you know, got those, those dancer ligaments, man. but <laughs> only in public. <laughs> you know, even after anybody caves, doesn't matter how uh, strong or how much endurance you have, everybody caves after three or four hours of sitting there. Yeah. Um, especially when you get have to walk around especially when you have a a back on the chair the back on the chair is like is the devil dude it's like it's it's uh advertises like to be helping you but no matter what way you slice it the back of a chair unless it's going to make you sit up erect um <laughs> it's bad for you it's fucking your back up and it's making your yeah. it's making your muscles atrophy in your back and it's putting a ton of pressure on your lower back muscles um So, yeah, after I did that, uh, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, though, because after I did that, um, my shoulders were starting to be sore. My abs were sore. My lower back was sore. um, But after about a week or two, it just went away. And then, you know, a lot of the pain subsided, too.
0: Nice.
1: It didn't completely go away. I've been doing a lot of, like, postural strengthening strengthening exercises, too, on top of it that have been helping. But I attribute a lot of my just better day-to-day feeling and just feeling a bit more and not even just that that the pain went away, that I'm actually able to sit here and do work and to read and to to listen and to learn and to play video games for to hours on just like end. Be present. I live my life. Yeah, like live my life. Yeah. That's been uh, phenomenal. It's just a bench, dude. Just a bench. Just <laughs> it's just a bench. And it puts you perfect. It's just a flat bench with like a little cushion, little tiny mm. cushion. Um and whenever I'm starting to get tired, I just it's so easy to get out of. There's no like, cause a lot of what happens too that people don't realize mm. is when you're, when you've had the bad postural habits for a long time and you're stiff and your, your, um, your muscles are tight and you have bad habits of being, but even in doing like, even in, I'm not explaining this quite as eloquently as I would like, but basically like when you get up and out of bed in the morning, when you get out of a chair. Every time you bend over, like these are all opportunities where if you already have postural issues, you're hurting yourself over and over and over again. So to make it easy for yourself to get out of bed in the morning, to make it easier to get up out of your chair from your desk is is super important and and underappreciated, I think. So... For all you gamers, new Twitch streamers, and uh, you
0: know, digital millionaires <laughs> oh, yeah. that have been spending an extended amount of time in front of your computer because of the quarantine, pro tip from the man himself: dude, get I, yourself I really a bench. Be, yeah, get a bench, dude. Well, it's <laughs> get a, a bench. Support bench. your own back, and and you know, it'll it'll do wonders. It's so, great, man. I, I honestly think that maybe it would have
1: changed things. <laughs> oh, definitely, especially if you my whole life. You. I think we st- stuck on that social media topic a little but it was a little it, long it, maybe I think it evolved
0: it evolved nicely though because it went from you know movies and things like that, and it all kind of like wrapped itself up into changing the way you think, and I think that's something yeah.
1: that a lot of people I literally knew. could I literally could have there were like several things that I wanted to jump off to because they like wrapped up with other books that i've read um, more recently and stuff and, and yeah oh. that's definitely a topic i guess just fucking spill all over for no hours on end so what
0: are what are some of the books that you have read during quarantine or just even in general
1: that have really kind of shaped the way you think um man okay just this year let's just talk, let's just say this year for now um uh okay so the two that have been the most important probably are the art of learning and mastery the art of learning is a book by oh man i'm terrible with names but i could tell you everything that the guy did the it was written by a 29 year old guy he at the age of 29 had been a world chess champion since he was like a very young age he quit that around like 19 or 20 mm-hmm. after having like this long career throughout his whole life and then he went on to become a master of like Uh, I think it was like tai chi or something, some sort of martial art that was very, um, I mean, it doesn't matter what martial art is, it's going to be incredibly hard. And then he ends up uh, becoming a world champion at that. (laughs) So he went from like one of the most intellectually difficult challenges to another, you know, intellectually difficult challenge, but uh, even more so a physical challenge. Um, And became world champion at both those things. And then in the book, he talks about how he doesn't think that he's gifted at at either of those things. What he thinks he's gifted at is the ability to learn. And then he goes through his like principles and his heuristics and his ideas about learning and the things that worked for him over the years and the things that didn't work for him. He talks about competition. so, so there's a lot in there for just somebody who's trying to get really, really, really good at anything, to try and master anything, but um, but also just like general life advice. And it was uh, it was just really, really powerful. That there's one, there's one thing that I. What's up? I'm gonna say, what's your you know favorite quote? If you have a quote from that, I do. I do have it. It's um, make smaller circles, and I've been trying to, really bring that idea into into my life as much as possible uh, i, I kind of hit myself on on the head a little. um okay so it's three words and he goes into this really long explanation of of what that means but essentially what it what it encapsulates is that when you're practicing something when you're trying to learn something um doesn't matter if it's like a physical thing a mental thing like don't try to do you know, don't try to draw big circles first. Like, try to do small circles. You know, don't try to do. Um, you know, if you're a boxer, like, don't try to do circles in the ring that are like. You know, I I, I don't know boxing that well. I shouldn't have chose bo- a boxing <laughs> reference. <laughs>
0: would you say that kind of similar to the idea of uh, walk before you run?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would that would be a, a similar way of of putting the, the same concept. I think we've heard w- walk before you can run too much, though, for to have much of a meaning. Yeah, kind of like so. So, in this, in this way, it's a little bit different and it's, uh, and uh, encapsulates pretty much the same idea in three words
0: mm-hmm.
1: make smaller circles. So, I, in dance, like in your world, you know, what is the, the most fundamental thing that you got to do first? You, if you can't balance, you can't dance. So, that was like one of the first things that you, ha- you know, I asked you to teach me how to dance. I couldn't even balance, and we didn't get very far. That was pretty much where right. we were at. You know, I, I wanted to skip ahead. I wanted to dance, but I didn't want to make smaller circles first. Right. And that's been super, super helpful because I've taken that to pretty much. That. What's up? I'm glad you realize that now. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I th- I think that that problem, just like, you know, the, that quote that, that we've been you and i've taken to heart too that you have a problem in manifesting in your business you have a life problem manifesting in your business not a business problem a business problem you have a personal problem manifesting in your business yes and and i realized that that problem for me and a lot of things that i've done is that i'm not willing to make smaller circles because i want to jump ahead and yeah. and i i've been able to be successful cuz i was lucky enough to be like light on my feet I guess I could say in a lot of different topics and subjects and stuff so I was able to kind of get away with I think um, not making smaller circles and just wing it as I go but when I really really tried to to like be the best that I could be at a thing it all fell flat because I wasn't on stable ground I wasn't making smaller circles right. so that I could make big circles you had a strong foundation first and you just yeah. kind of
0: like toppled over some straggly legs yeah so i've
1: just been tearing it down since then basically it's been a whole process of tearing it down to the bones like every single system diet system drinking system you know um exercise system thinking systems like it's everything i've been just redesigning my whole like brain basically i feel like that's kind of like the theme of the night
0: even though you know we kind of said that we kind of dragged on the social media thing a little bit you know um but really it just kind of is an ode to how much structural change there is to our thinking that we can do that we're able to do now. And just like you were saying, there's, there's so much change and adjustments that we can make, even if it's just the tiniest thing and that makes the biggest difference.
1: Dude. Oh my God. Okay. I'm so glad you just said that right now, because there's a, there's literally the tiniest thing. I made the tiniest change in my brain and it's been super, super, it's probably the most, I don't want to say the most, but maybe one of the most, definitely the most in the last couple of weeks, uh, profound, small change that I made in my conceptual thinking in that uh, I wanted to, I always felt like I kept waiting to prepare for the week until Monday. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And and I didn't like how I would, um, I would let Friday come. I'd be like, oh, it's Friday. Um, But I'd already like, like, I had spent Monday trying to prepare for the week, and then things just start piling on like so quickly as the week goes on. And then suddenly it's already Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Friday comes along. And it's like the week's already over. I'm like, how do I get a head start on this? And I don't want to just like, I don't want to, I don't like, I just realized like I didn't like the idea of working five days and then taking a break for two days. I just didn't like that. Like, mm-hmm. I would rather, I would. I was like, how do I reframe this so that I can take back more of my time on the weekend and not feel like a, a, a jerk if I'm like not, you know, allowing my time for other people or other things. And I realized that like I could kill two birds with one stone. I could take back my time and get a head start on the week by changing in my thought process the idea that Monday is the beginning of the week and changing that to Sunday is the beginning of the week. So that really there's only one day of the weekend there's, well, there's Friday night and there's Saturday and then Sunday is a restorative day. And it's a very specific day that is a pre- preparation for the week because it is the first day of the week instead of the last day of the week. And that has been a profound cause everybody, our normal way of thinking is to think of Sunday as the last day of the week. Right. So when you have that assumption in your brain, you are already making decisions. To not use Sunday as a productive day. Even if you try to make it a productive day, you have this assumption basically like tearing down your efforts because the assumption is that Sunday is not a day for work. It's not, it's the the last, it's the day of rest. It's the last day of the week. And I'm I'm just flipping that on its head. I'm like, no, it's the most important day, the first day of the week. It's the restorative first day planning day of the week so that you can nail Monday through Friday and then you can be rewarded with a, a Saturday break. And I, I'm not saying that Sunday can't be um, leisurely, that I'm not saying Sunday is not leisurely because it is, because it's restorative. And that's an important distinction to make. But, but just changing that little that little thing is just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I, I kind of, yeah,
0: I've taken the same approach like I take my Sunday nights very seriously. Um, I will sit in front of my whiteboard calendar um, and just plan out the tasks within the week, you know, like make adjustments to um, my schedule that I had last week. So that way I can optimize things a little bit more and be able, just be more of t- intentional up front with, uh, with the Monday through Friday. Um, but also one thing that I've, solely been focusing on um to kind of make to still help me find balance um of having sunday be leisurely restorative but also prepare for Monday is just incorporating the principle of your day actually starts the night before regardless okay. of what day it is so that way you know say you know tonight after we're done here I'm gonna go over the things that I need to do tomorrow. I'll lay out my clothes. And I will kind of sit here and visualize what I have to get done tomorrow. And Sunday happens to be, you know, before the first day. So Sunday night is really when my week starts because I'm starting to visualize. I'm, I'm giving myself reasons to get out, of the, get out of bed, giving myself reasons to be excited and be motivated to get out of bed preemptively so that way as soon as I open my eyes it's not like oh man I just want 15 minutes left it's like oh shit I gotta do this I get no not even I gotta do this I get to do this I get to fucking make money on the internet I get that's a I get that's a meditate I get to reach out to you know at least one family member a week um it changing that and then Sunday happens to be you know the start of that that's kind of where I've optimized in my head at least how to really go about my week
1: i like i like that, that It's like you just took my idea and then times it by 10 <laughs> <laughs> 10X. <laughs> 10x 10x you 10x my idea um no that's cool yeah yeah i guess uh yeah that's uh i think that's a better way of looking at it that uh the day before is the day after
0: yes the, the day starts the
1: night before. the day yeah however you said it <laughs>
0: They starts the night before it sounds like some crazy yeah. certain, like peace pipe yeah. fire shit but no it, it, it's real it works
1: but those yeah i've come to i've come to realize like wow those profound those little things those little assumptions um that really you you tweak and somehow they have these rippling crazy huge effects on the on the rest of your behavior mm-hmm. yeah I, like- find that, I find that fascinating
0: it's, it's incredibly fascinating just by like even like I was kind of just saying right now too you know just by changing word from i no not not changing one word by changing one letter I got to do this versus I get to do this like that right there changed so much in my head because when you say oh I gotta do this it kind of, then it's work. (laughs) Yeah. It turns into a chore or it's work or whatever the case is. Oh, I got to pick up so-and-so. Oh, I got to take this here, blah, blah, blah. Versus like, no, I get to pick up so-and-so and and actually spend some time with a friend. Oh, I I get to go drop this thing off instead of being, you know, stuck in a cubicle all day. I get to um, work from home instead of, you know, having to go back to a job that puts me at risk of getting, you know, something like coronavirus. You know, like, you know, all these things, um like yeah it's 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 one simple tweak that really just flips the idea of working and doing something it flips that idea on its head and it's been a world of change for me at least
1: ah i'm i'm writing it down because i want to remember this
0: yeah well i mean this is a this is going to be on spotify so you can always just listen back to this episode
1: i put (laughs) it i put every
0: (laughs) nice little plug there yeah
1: they got to be listening to it to hear it
0: (laughs) um dude this is crazy actually this portion of the of our you know episode is actually i feel like as soon as instagram turned off i feel like the value really started just pouring in fucking crazy uh,
1: yeah no well that's what i was saying i don't think that we i don't think that we i don't think the social media talk was a waste of time but for the hour that instagram had it took up too much of that hour
0: yeah but it that, got that was that here. was the only
1: thing it got us yeah.
0: I think we're all right all right so let's uh let's 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 kind of move, shift the conversation a little bit i like the con- i like the uh the questions we were kind of getting at earlier i think i asked you one last so you if you want to if you have one if you want to go ahead and take a spin in the wheel all
1: right which one did we uh see
0: so i think i asked you what what under hundred dollar purchase
1: oh yeah oh I- wow that was the last
0: question that was the last question. That seemed like easy. Um, I think that's what I last you guys. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, let's go with the if if you have if you had a giant billboard in Times Square or a or a blimp with a message, uh, that that got to fly around the world, like what, what would that say? Like, if it's a quote or or would it say like a phrase? Do you have a, a thing that you would really want people to? to see and connect with? Like if you had all the money in the world to advertise anything that you wanted?
0: If I had all the money to advertise in the world do I wanted to see, what would be that quote? I don't know, like I, I live with a lot of quotes in mind. Um, so it's kind of hard just to pick one, but um, I don't know how the, how effective this would be on a blimp, but I know it's a quote that is super simple that had a huge effect on me growing up. Um, And I'm pretty sure all of us have heard it at least once, but it always seems to be uh, just as profound as the first time I ever heard it, Um, which is life is what you make it. Like Super simple, everyone's definitely heard of it, but seeing that outside of your own thoughts, I feel like it always impacts me and makes me think a little bit deeper like oh yeah life is when I make it like whatever good things that have happened in your life you know you've you've got to like take a second to like um, dissect the accountability that got you to that point or whatever bad things that have happened in your life or the way you perceive something poorly you know like you you're making that happen like we're yeah. we're all a victim of our own thoughts to a certain extent so if, if you choose to perceive something in a, in a great way and learning a lesson out of something bad, um, that's the life that you're creating for yourself. And the thoughts that you have, the things that you go after, the amount of work that you put in, all of that accumulates in, and really is, you know, and creates life that you
1: 100% solely made. You've been the blacksmith of your story. Yeah, I think that's a super important thing that we should be reminded of. It's silly that we have to be reminded of that every day, but it, like we forget. Yeah. and like that that thought like just tunes out and life just goes on and then suddenly three days later you're like and you get you probably see the quote again you're like Shit. man if i had had you know if i had bounced that that idea off my brain during those three days like what else could i have done um because i have a I have a similar quote that i've been i kind of made for myself i was reading um i was reading a couple books that were related to the law of attraction um which is that like your thoughts are like these magnetic their energy that that you know the things that you focus on you draw those to you so if you're thinking negatively you draw negative things to you if you draw if you think positively you you draw those positive things to you and um you're about to drop this bomb on it i think i know what you're getting at but please keep on going maybe maybe not uh because the the I've I've been reading these ideas in several different places and they're, they're resonating with me so I came up with a quote that was a little bit more it's just super simple and it reminds me to think like that in the same way that that quote reminds you and that's abc and it's always be creating um you came so, up So yeah I like it super Yeah so it's super simple and um you know, it can be superficial. I think when people see it at first, they probably think like, "Oh, like you know, always be creating stuff like content or art and you know, et cetera, and it could be superficial, and that's fine, too. That would also be a positive thing for you. I think if you were to only just you know see that and then create more, that would be good. But to me, it has a deeper meaning, which is that you always need to be aware that you're creating your life like you like you said, um, that you life is what you make it so in every moment, like if you're really participating, you no longer are the observer, you're the participant. And the participant is somebody who is, um, is, is a creator. A participant changes uh, the reality as they see fit. Um, whereas an observer is just kind of beholden to fate as a victim You know of what they have to observe, they're forced to observe. Um, And that was an idea that that came from this book that I was reading: Quantum uh, Shamanic, the Guide to Shamanic Quantum Consciousness. (laughs) I just totally butchered that, but Shamanic shamanic Quantum Consciousness. uh, Shamanic. I don't want to butcher this. So the Shamanic Path to Quantum Consciousness. Okay, and in it, in it, the in the book, the uh, author lays out like uh, this model of consciousness. Mm-hmm. That is like a map of human experience, a map of human consciousness, and it's it's got these eight he, – he likens it to the uh, like a microprocessor for the soul. So if you imagine the soul, which is an ambiguous thing, it's hard to describe, but you, let's say that you have a soul, and that soul is like a whole human being, a balanced human being. And it has these eight different circuits, and none of them are better than the others. Um there is a sort of hierarchy in like how they uh structured yeah how they work together and how they flow um but they all are equal in strength because they're all important mm-hmm. but the different modes of consciousness are uh like they don't understand each other so if they're out of balance then you see these things manifest in your life um that I'm getting hung up because this is a, a pretty difficult thing to describe without um, like a diagram. But basically it's kind of like a, a really intense hierarchy of needs, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you remember that from school where it's like you got the pyramid, you got the pyramid and like at the bottom, it's like you need food and shelter. And then the next thing is like, you need like financial stability or something like that. And then like the next level is like self-actualization um, and so it was much more simple. I think this this is more complicated and has a, and has a more meaningful metaphor in the microprocessor
0: mm-hmm.
1: to our day and age, because the most, you know, impressive technology that r- runs our lives and that we all sort of intuitively understand, even though we don't probably understand the real architecture of it, is the microprocessor and the cores that lie within it. Um, but Anyway, so I went on a deep dive on this shamanic quantum consciousness stuff, and, it, and it's been really shaping my, my – uh, it's been redesigning my brain. It's, it's really interesting. It's really, really interesting. It lines up with, like, a lot of this law of attraction stuff. It lines up with um, the, the guys who are, are writing on this subject are really big. They're, they're basically continuing the work that Timothy Leary uh, set up, uh, Timothy Leary's the Harvard professor who who got fired because he was giving acid to, to kids. He's the guy who said tune in, tune out, drop in, drop out, or whatever, drop acid. Um, I forget his quote, but it, it's pretty famous. And
0: tune in, drop out, something like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so he got fired uh, from Harvard. He's a Harvard professor, and then he, he he was already like a, a, he was always kind of like a, a, an odd oddball guy. Um, but he's, he's a brilliant dude. He was already a prolific author. And then after he got fired, he kept writing. And in some of his writings, he had this thing called the... Tune in yeah. To... yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had this uh, idea for explaining how the the tarot cards are have been studied wrong and that they really are in essence, kind of like a, um, a shamanic wisdom that has been passed down through the ages in the form of cards. And, and the cards are, are metaphors for um, essentially like the cosmos and, and also the inner architecture of the human mind and spirit. And so how you can, how basically the game the tarot cards are a, uh, a structure, a map of consciousness. And then this book that I'm reading is like taking those ideas and applying it to the structure of like a microprocessor instead of tarot cards. And it's just another map, another way of viewing the world. And there's something really interesting, a quote that um, the author repeats frequently that is super compelling because he constantly says, the map is not the territory. And that's, that's probably the quote that I've really been uh, sticking on is not the map is not the territory so it's specifically he's referring to his map of consciousness Mm -hmm. that that he's giving out this um this open source model if you will like a open source software like anybody can make any changes that they want to that are better and more useful for them it's not like proprietary software like you can't it's, it's there's no dogma to it you know it's not part of like a cult or a religion that has these unbending like doctrine rules of doctrine and stuff um it doesn't mean that it's right but the thing that he says is that that it's really like just how useful is it to you try it if it's more useful than your current model then use it if things start to not work for you change it change it a little things go find a different model that that uses that you uh, is better for you And he really hits on the head so many times the map is not the territory, but I've been taking that and really applying that to all things because there's a fallacy that we frequently get into as humans where we think that because we have the knowledge that we know the territory. So, so we won't go the extra step to like, like we think we've already done it. And that's the trick of our brains. It's a trick of our, our logical thinking, Mm, you know our left brains really you know it thinks that when it knows a thing that it that we really have learned it that we really know it um when you really don't like you can have a map of the you know you can have a map of the world like we have you could look at a globe and you could really you can intuit and you can understand where most things are in the world but it pales in comparison to actually experiencing what it represents and it's the same thing with like words you can i can tell you we can say sex we can say apple we can say these things and they can remind you if you've experienced the territory of what that is like but even that map in your brain of that memory of that thing is not the actual territory it's not the actual thing because that thing is is you know what i mean (laughs) like it's a thing like you can't you can't um like no all communication is abstract right it has reduced that really complex insanely complex infinitely complex thing into a simple thing so that we can talk about it. and that to me just blows my blows my brain apart so the map is not the territory that has been my go-to quote recently. yeah
0: that's definitely something i'm gonna to have to go back to and listen to a few more times
1: <laughs> that's i mean yeah that's just like read the book huge dense what's the name of the book again the, Shaman- the shamanic path to quantum consciousness um yeah and a, and a lot of it a lot of it can kind of get into the realm of like the i what i would say like if you're if you're not coming at it from a complete open mind that you'll be like oh this is this is like this type of thing like, right. this is voodoo witchcraft <laughs> this is cult occult like basically bullshit but um i encourage you if you if you're of that disposition fuck it just try it on for size yeah, just try, like, just how you take it. It doesn't have to be the truth. It just has to be, just see if it's useful. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I guess that's all that I would say. I read a book
0: that kind of had like a similar messaging before. I'm not sure if I passed it on to you or not, but it's definitely one of those books that I pass on as a gift. Um, and it's, it's called the, the Power of Kabbalah
1: i remember you talking about it yeah
0: yeah and it kind of has like the kind of like similar
1: ideas and that's the tree of life right uh
0: yeah the they... tree of life okay um there's that with all the, the chakras and energy centers and uh the tree of life is basically how they interact with each other in a different level yeah. um, this is very but, similar yeah yeah and like uh the po the the book power of kabbalah specifically speaks um not necessarily about the specific teachings, but more so about what they represent and what the deeper level of meaning of it has. And it's kind of dubbed as technology for the soul and how can you can use these ideas to really, um, almost, I guess, manipulate the ideas to work in your favor so that way you can kind of start to think of your spirituality into a mechanical, um, more tangible way yeah if you will and um yeah i mean like what you're describing sounds a lot more in depth um also from a, a, another lens that was kind of like written you know, much later probably was
1: inspired by some of the ideas in this too cuz no it totally is we're standing on the we're standing on the shoulders of of giants really like we're, we're yeah. um, you know but i think that that's i think that's why it's so compelling is because um I actually it wrote my Evernote a little note about this because it is like the tree of life and it is like the chakras. And, you know, it has a lot of similarities to a a lot of these other systems of consciousness really. Mm -hmm. Um, And being, you know, in the world as a human being, uh, about being a whole human being, what does that mean? What are the different levels of of being a human being and to balance those and how to, how to basically just be, you know, see your, see your potential through in this life in this short life um see your potential and
0: experience it through your truths
1: yeah we and so we've had a lot of different maps over the 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 thousands of years that we've been on this planet um and in each generation it's it's kind of like each of the generation's job to like update the map you know because new information comes out there's different ways of thinking there's um so in the past it's like you know, as a forest dwelling people, I, I think trees would seem a pretty amazing and, and, you know, common thing, but a pretty important aspect to uh, you being able to survive in the world. The forest brings shelter, the forest brings fruit and food and animals and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so the idea of like using a metaphor of consciousness as, as like a tree makes a lot of sense to me. In our day and age, we're not that connected to the forest. We're not that connected to Mother Earth. Yeah, people um, down. You know, we are connected to computers. And so it yeah. makes, to me, it makes a lot of sense to create a map that has a more meaningful metaphor for, for our day and age, which yeah. is to liken it to like a, a microprocessor.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not saying it's the best way. It's the best I've heard so far. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I think Elon Musk is working on that with the, the Neuralink.
1: <laughs> man we'll have to come up with yeah i mean but that's for the next generation to yeah. come up with a, a better that's metaphor a I, th- for I think so many of our problems like as far as like uh, you know religious wars and and um you know the suffering that that uh that um organized religion has caused humanity is due to the fact that people get like entrenched in these maps these ideas yeah. that are supposed to be just there's supposed to be guides that are essentially like updated. This guy, Joseph Campbell, he's the guy who, who wrote, um, the hero, uh, the hero's journey, which has influenced like pretty much all of the, like heavily influenced George Lucas, I think Steven Spielberg, um, tons of authors, like all in the last like 50, 60, 70 years, um, Joseph Campbell's ideas have, have, um, really, been super influential. He's just, he was this, uh, he was this um, academic who studied mythologies around the world. And he was, I don't know if he was really the first guy. He was definitely the first guy to popularize the idea that mythology, religions are, all the major religions are part of this global attempt of humans to try to, to explain explain what the heck is going on through their stories and through their, through their mythologies and stuff. Everyone's just kind of like laying out and explaining their own maps. Yeah, yeah. And the, they're all useful for their people in their time. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they came up with it in that time. And it's just so weird. It's so he, he, these are his words, I, I think. He's saying that it's odd that we get so um, attached To these maps of like nobody would take a map from you know 1 AD you know and and a map of you know the Middle East and Mesopotamia it's probably pretty accurate for like Mesopotamia area or you know you know Egypt you know and the Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea and Northern Africa and stuff like that area is probably really accurate but you wouldn't take that map and be like all right let's circumnavigate the globe You know what I mean? It's just like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's like when we watch stuff
0: like Da Vinci Code or even National Treasure, where it's like, oh yeah, like this used to be this thing and that's that. Oh well, they didn't take account for daylight savings back then, and and oh, this person changed this shit because you know I don't know, like they burned that library, blah 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 blah. And in today's day, it's completely different, and you're like, all right, cool. Like this map, like takes some intense deciphering. um, That may not even be applicable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I just think it's absurd. Yeah. He's, I think he says it much more eloquently, but
0: yeah. Go but forward.
1: it's the same sentiment. It's just like, it's just silly, and really like, like we gotta, we just gotta do better. We gotta update our maps. Update our maps. You
0: know, change the way we think. Think a little deeper. Maybe practice some delayed gratification. So we, that way, we aren't just so focused on starting something, but finishing something. Yeah, actually finishing something. Whew. <laughs> oh man, now that's sweating. Yeah, I had to open the window a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like getting warm in here. Maybe it's this mezcal that people think was is water.
1: Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> that might be it. It's probably this hot coffee in this. Well, yeah, issue. hot
0: coffee in the, in a in a room with a hot studio light. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. So tell me. What's, uh, what's something out of all the things that you've been reading and, and digesting throughout quarantine, all these ideas, all this information, uh, what's an idea that you've started challenging a little bit more um, to change the way you think and perceive things?
1: Um, you know, I think we kind of already went over it. And that was the really big one was the, you know, changing Sunday to the first day of the week rather than yeah, the right. last day of the week. But but um I guess this is probably over the course course of the last year I've really been challenging the idea that like uh tech is better, you know, like trying to make everything digital, like digital is better. Um because I've done that for so much of my life because I like a lot of people I'm sure got caught up in like um just thinking that like, dude, if I can get everything onto one device, like that's great. Like but you know, I've been in the process of challenging that for the last like year or two, and I've been spending a lot more time, um, like reading physical books. I, I have curated a, a pretty large electronic ebook uh, an ebook library, but I've been spending a lot more time um, just scribbling on paper, really, uh, and just spending trying to spend more time in the analog world and to not feel like I have to put everything on my phone. Like for instance, I've been using my whiteboards to take notes um, and to draw things and to uh, you know, organize my thoughts. And then I take pictures of it and then I feel like, okay, I backed it up. You know. But yeah. instead of using digital as like the one and only place that I put things, trying to spend more time in the analog world and then using digital as, as a backup. Um, but that's just for for some things. Um really it was the whiteboard and getting connected back to the to the analog world and um just yeah. drawing in like sketchbooks and, and on uh just printer paper. I've yeah. I've gone through almost like a giant thing of printer paper. Just basically like just mark making, yeah, and just ran like lots of just like abstract stuff and you know practicing mark making and stuff just for fun. Um but yeah, that's been like super Honestly, I feel like it slows down time because I th- maybe it's because digital is so compelling and you get sucked into it and, and time just seems to fly by. But, but uh, really, I think it just makes you disconnected from what's happening in the analog world. And so you don't realize how much time is going by. And if you don't realize how much time is going by, then in effect, it is going by faster for you, what you're experiencing. And so, um, yeah. I'm not saying I'm swearing off because I have a lot of fun still playing video games and stuff and I do take a lot of notes on Evernote it's just again like we were talking about like yeah writing it down and actually experiencing it you know really really challenging that assumption yeah yeah that definitely is a little deeper like I could have challenged that assumption and then done nothing with it but the important thing is that I challenged the assumption I forget who I forget who I got that quote from I didn't just quote it, but the quote was something to the effect of like, like how young you are is based on the last time that you changed your mind about something. Actually, I think it might have been Timothy Leary. Somebody in, in the chat or whoever's watching this can quote, you know, can tell me if I'm wrong, in the <laughs> on YouTube or something in the comments. Uh, but it was an effect, something like that, and I changed it to not be so drastic. I changed it to the um, the determination of like, whether you're, you know, how young you are is based on the last time you challenged your assumptions. Cause you can challenge your assumptions and then be like, okay, that was a good, that was a good assumption. Like I'm gonna maintain that. Yeah. But, um, but if you go through your whole life, never challenging the assumptions that you make, then you never change. And if you don't change, we're, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I guess, uh, really wonderfully, we're in a changing universe, and that's the only guarantee, so if you're not changing with it, or, like, if you're not changing at all, then you're stagnant, and we all know what happens to stagnant water, you know, grows and nasty. It grows and old. Yeah, it's yeah becomes rotten.
0: This is true. And I know some, there's also the quote from Alan Watts that says, uh, I think it's like, the only way to let muddy water settle is to leave it alone. And oh you know, that's that's something that I've actually kind of been adopting a little bit lately. Um, speaking of like changing the way you think and, uh, and making progress actually. Um, I know like you on the contrary were saying, you know, like constantly learn and constantly evolve. Um, one thing that even we were talking about last week's episode is, you know, uh, you know taking time to actually take breaks to be still, to, to, to let things settle. Um, and one thing that I've been switching the way I think on is um, just not needing to justify and make corrections to things and kind of just be okay with letting things be Mm -hmm. and let that be your boundary um, before, you know, these, you know, these messy things or these muddy waters really starts to... um, Is that kind of like making smaller circles? Is that the same sort of... Kind of. I think it, instead of necessarily making smaller circles, like, when I say, like, you don't have to justify um, any discrepancies, I mean, like, like, do you ever find yourself thinking that, okay, cool, Um, this thing is not really working. I need to make more adjustments to it. So that way it can potentially work better or I can think about it better or it can make more sense in my head. Instead of reaching and keep on pushing forward and and reaching into more unknown territory and just kind of, in in essence, like reshuffling, kicking up more dust. Leave it alone and let it settle and let it take its course, so that yeah. way you see clearly, and um, and be yeah. a little more productive um, instead of expending more energy to potentially not go anywhere.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of getting connected to uh, the inter- like intervals are super important in in the in the grand scheme of things. I guess because it's just a fundamental reality of the universe, like, or at least in the world that that we're occupying right now is things wax and they wane, right? Like the the moon waxes and wanes, the tide ebbs and flows. You know, Mm -hmm. we breathe in, we breathe out. We go to sleep, we wake up. The sun goes down, it comes back up. You know, we go around the sun and then back again. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. you know all the, this is like a fundamental like logic to the to the universe that and especially being a complex being like we all complex beings have to sleep like even cats even dogs you cats, know deer. um and so yeah like i think in this way too like like if you create a system you kind of have to let it take its course before you can say whether or not it's not wor- working or like, or like you have to rest your mind even to just come up with the right answer of the next step.
0: Right. Yeah. Before it implodes on itself. Cause without, you know, taking a second when you need to and saying, okay, cool. Let me get back to you on that. Something simple as that. And just reacting. You could make the wrong move just because you didn't take a second to analyze the situation and, um, and act accordingly.
1: Which did you tell me uh, like an assumption that you had that you challenged recently? Did I tell you? Yeah. I
0: like, um, no, but I think, I think that was kind of what I was leading down towards, like something that I've challenged because I've always been oh, okay. very much into like, okay, cool. Like, Hey, if this isn't working, like, let me justify My reasoning for this, or let me figure out. Like I've always been that person that needs to figure out why something's not working. Needs to figure out, you know, what's that missing link. I always have had that thing. If I know something is is isn't working,
1: yeah, you've always been kind of neurotic about that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's just like my. I guess that's just like my my type of curiosity that I have. Like, okay, cool. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it perfect? I've that's something that I've been recently like um challenging myself to do it's just like let it be not perfect and understand how to work with life's imperfections and and let let imperfections arise and let them exist and kind of evolve and challenge your way of thinking of you know working with the obstacles rather than trying to deconstruct the whole obstacle itself because you just, in a lot of situations, you don't have that control, have that control, nor do you need it.
1: Yeah, no, totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's something that uh took 30 years to... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I know. Ah, uh, dude, we're 30. I know, so- uh, I know. <laughs> I don't even, I don't mind being, I guess I get upset that, like, these things that now are so obvious to me are... um. You know took this long to figure out but but then I have to remember that like geez I'm so lucky that I'm figuring it out now and not you know 50 years 60 years sometimes I mean, then just, there's really no time left
0: yeah sometimes I just get upset that uh I was just so stubborn because it's I don't think a lot of the times especially knowing you and you know knowing you for as long as we known each other I don't think a lot of this stuff is stuff that we didn't already know I think it's just uh, that, that yeah. we're super stubborn on actually accepting.
1: Yes. Uh, I think we fell for the kind of the fallacy that I was talking about earlier. Like this, 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 um, like the map is not the territory. Right. The map is not the territory and you can, you can have a map and it could not, it could, you know, it doesn't it? it big picture doesn't need to fall. A, yeah it's a lot harder to um, stay the course when you're actually in the territory. So I think a lot of this is like reminding ourselves of these things we kind of already knew. And I think people probably, you know, also like, I don't think anything that we've said is like really, truly mind blowing. What's mind blowing about it is that now that now we have another 15 years, you know, 30 years of, of, experience to look back on and be like wow how true is that (laughs) like you know we only have 15 years or 20 years it's it's not as um especially you know 20 years because you don't you you know 20 years is a long time but a lot of that time was just figuring out on how to be a human and then you know now the last 10 years we've seen what the world really is you know as far as what we've been able to to see is for what it really is um you're just like that's a way different thing <laughs> it's the map the map that we were given you know in school and by our parents and by society and by uh the, the books like i mean some preparations were better than others but ultimately the map was not the territory so we have been just figuring it out yeah but had we not been so stubborn we would have figured it out sooner so i think that
0: But also that kind of makes me think like, maybe we would have figured it out sooner or accepted it sooner, but would it have been as impactful as it it has been for us if we would have just accepted it without seeing the contrast from, you know, challenging it and processing it through that route rather than just being like, okay, cool. That's what it is. That's, I'm going to accept that now.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it makes me excited for the future. Yeah. Regardless. Like, okay, like, I can see that these things are true now. So what does my lo- life look like if I can really, like, yeah, like, enact, if I can really, if we could really enact these things, mm-hmm. you know, embed them into every level of our lives every single day, like, what kind of life would that look like? I think it'd be pretty a pretty amazing life. Um, and I'm, you know, I intend to see that through. And I, I, I'm curious. Yeah. And all that really makes me super excited, not only to
0: be our age, like, you know, like a lot of people shun away from 30, but it's, very, it gets me really excited entering this new phase of life, I guess. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I feel great. Yeah. Like, I, I could I, lose 20 pounds, but I feel great.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, other than, you know, a couple, you know, dings and dangs around my body not working as well as they used to, you know, like, I feel amazing mentally. Um, you know, as as a person, I feel like I've grown so much. And, you know, just uh, a generation before us, like at 30, I mean, even a lot of people in, in our generation as well, like, they're, you know, I don't want to say bogged down, but they have a, a few more heavier responsibilities, you know, like have kids and things like that, and other people that rely on you to where just things in life that, you know, make you not your top priority. Yeah. If, uh, you know, if you structure your life a certain way, and the yeah, fact at that while, we're, yeah. we're the age that we're at, we've experienced what we have experienced in order to know what we know. And still have the ability to act on it and really build something. Like right the ship. <laughs> yeah. Like you know even just to steer the ship and kind of take control of that helm in a, in a more heightened way as before, you know, it was like, Hey, you know, if you were 30, you didn't have kids, you didn't have a house, like there's something wrong with you and society, you know, this pressure <laughs> society buckle on you, but now it's just like, no, like it's, 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 um, it's, it's a route in life that a lot of people have chosen that I think can be really beneficial for future generations. As we start to see a disconnect from the boomer era,
1: yeah I think I mean we could this is a whole nother hole to go down <laughs> a whole yeah. nother rabbit i don't I don't know how much more I have left in me yeah
0: no worries i mean that's yeah that's definitely heavy. I think I definitely gotta watch um some koya
1: ka, how do you say it koyan is koyan I think, and I could even be saying it wrong koyan kahamet in the in the movie is like koyan katsi it's all like epic and stuff yeah but all in all
0: my you know thing is just saying yeah i'm just excited for what uh for where people are at in life right now you know i mean aside from you know the coronavirus thing and so much turmoil going on because of political uh, i mean political warfare to for lack of a better term really um i'm excited for where we get to be at in life at this age even for the people within you know five year vicinity of us uh what what thought processes and resources we have available
1: with us with the internet at scale just a very exciting time to be at dude it's amazing yeah there's so much information out there it's all right in our fingertips right in our phones I don't know the trick is, you know, is to getting uh, Gabby has, um, Gabby, my girlfriend, she has a, uh, little brother who's pretty young. He's 13, 14 years old. I think he's 13 or he's turning 13 and he's, um, middle school, you know, he he's super into video games. He's like, he's really good at Fortnite. Um, and he wants to take it to like the next level, you know, so I've been trying to help him as much as I possibly can. So I've, I've been down that road. Um, but the trick is, is like, you know, our our parents only had an inkling of like how the internet was powerful and like how you know the access to information was growing, but now we're in a position of knowing, intuiting really how how profoundly different the world that they're growing up in is. Like this kid doesn't know not internet. He doesn't know an internet not existing. He's grown up with the internet. He was raised by YouTube. (laughs) Um, Talk to my sister about that. And and so yeah, and it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how I can get him to see how there's so much more. Like like that he doesn't have to that he doesn't have to um, stay in this island that is being designed for him. By YouTube, by Google, by Facebook, by Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, like, because they don't even they don't even understand that the things that are getting showed to them are curated. They don't understand that the, yeah. the search. He did He they don't understand that that the sponsored posts are things that people have paid for to be in front of you when Spec- you search a thing. Yes, yeah, specifically to get heard. you to pick to to click them. Um, But, but more so in just that, like the that that they're in that he's in this bubble and he can't see it. I I actually was gonna bring up that something weird that I do. I guess it's it's weird because I don't think a lot of people do it, but it's super useful. Is that like I don't log into my YouTube account on my TV, and I have a browser that's other than um, I forget what it's called. Not important. But like sometimes I use like Bing Bing and stuff because. I'm not logged in, so it doesn't have an amass of data of what it thinks it wants me, that I want to see. Because sometimes it's, it's, it's pretty good, but a lot of the times, like, I'm just missing out on information that it's selecting out of there because it thinks that I want to see a certain thing. Right. You know, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, how I can best, you know, like, just, I think that's the challenge for our generation, and imparting knowledge on the next wave of kids is to get them to see like how much more is out there than just the bubble of the internet that's being designed for you right i think that's yeah. going to be a challenge It dude you no know, it's really crazy
0: something that i started doing um you might even loop this back around to the first question that you asked me you know what's one of those weird things that you do uh I forgot exactly how to structure that question. But to kind of like add to your point, I actually specifically, instead of looking for companies um, that do a certain thing, like Google searching, you know, or like, yeah, Google searching a specific company, I actually started mm-hmm. like Google searching um, and YouTube searching um, just specific items and things like you would in Google if you were going to buy something. Mm -hmm. and doing that with the purpose of or doing that knowing that my activity my website activity is being tracked like okay for the sole purpose of new ads and new media new paid sponsorship yeah sponsored media just show up in my ad selection when i'm watching youtube so like I got really curious about growing, uh, growing weed and uh, the whole horticulture umbrella. And I was like, I don't even know what to search. So I just started clicking <laughs> random shit in those categories um, on Google or, or Bing, whatever, just so that way I can get caught in their, uh, their cookies and their website trackers and things like that. So that way yeah. I can start getting ads for all these different companies that I've never-
1: Something met. that you were actually interested in?
0: yeah so it's like instead of going out to find the information
1: i'm letting the information come and find me that's a good that's a that's pretty smart but you have to have the knowledge that that is even happening to be able to to hack it like that
0: a couple years ago with having limited knowledge of facebook pixels and and you know google analytics and all that stuff and those website crawlers and stuff i would have never thought to do this but because i've been so deeply into it for the past year I'm like, let me change the way I search because they're going to search me anyway. So let me find (laughs) this Twitter because they're going to pay for that ad space to be in my vicinity. And let's just, yeah, find out who's running the show.
1: Yeah, there's there's so much out there. Yeah, it's crazy. We see so little of it because we're all in our own little like internet bubbles.
0: And then for people like your, uh, you know, like Gabby's little brother, like, how could he even contemplate that kind of idea? Not to say that he's a smart or a dumb kid or anything like that. (laughs) No, he's a pretty (laughs) smart smart kid. Even as a grown man, like, I'm like, the fact that that's even possible and the fact that, you know, when you're inside of that matrix, taking yourself to a level to think outside of it, to manipulate what's going on there.
1: I'm not sure how you would even like un- unless somebody else is telling you about the concept, or you stumbled upon it. Um That how would you even know to question that if no one ever told you to question? Because <laughs> he's literally grown up in the Matrix, essentially. <laughs> like, yeah. like if you were like, 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 how the only
0: reason right now, like as what twelve, thirteen years old, like he yeah, would
1: really. No, right. I, I I honestly I think he kind of knows, Um, but then the because I think it's kind of intuitive, like, because you kind of get the sense that it's there. It's kind of like the, the matrix, like the, you know, there's like
0: this it,
1: itch in your mind, right? Yeah. Like this uh, scratch yeah. in your mind that you can't get out. Yeah. Um, but then I was explaining to him about the sponsored posts and he was attached to the idea that sponsored meant um, to be like sponsored by, uh, by, you know, like as a, an athlete is sponsored by such and such product and stuff like that mode of talking about it yeah Yeah. and i was like it's the same word and that is a correct usage of it but this is a different usage in that it's a nice way of saying that we paid to be here so that we can you know get in front of you so it's it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing they might have the best product but in this particular case he had clicked on something on amazon that was trying to rip him off by adding a superfluous superfluous $20 HDMI cable that was really like $4 to a monitor that was like $200. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but I realized that he didn't even know that that he didn't even know that he had done that, but I watched it happen. So yeah, I was able to be like, Hey, do you know, like what sponsored means and blah, blah, blah. And so I walked him through it, but then I started to think like, Oh, does he not realize that, you know, Amazon's tracking everything that he's looking at? Yeah. That YouTube's tracking everything that he's looking at. It's all based on his previous searches and how would he know if he, you know, grew up in an internet that always does that and just always seems to find more of this stuff that he likes, (laughs) you know, like, how would you know? Like that's super useful. But at the same time, it's like very, it's kind of scary. Yes, because think of the trajectory of his life, how different it would be if it didn't have a YouTube giving him more of the things that he was into at that time, yeah, instead of giving him
0: exposure to things to different things that are outside of that realm that he also might like
1: exactly, and I'm not yeah that that is what worries me because I think I'm having a different worry because than than the generation above me that was really you know saw us playing a lot of video games especially me playing a lot of video games and um you know being like oh there's so much else out there but when I look back on my experience it really was heavily varied. I played a lot of different games, I read a lot of different books. Um I liked school. I listened up. I watched a lot of different movies. I watched a lot of different TV um and it wasn't just you know fiction. Like I watched you know history documentaries and you know all of that stuff um i and a lot of that was because uh well it was because of other people but also because i didn't have an internet telling me what i you know what i mean like i would go search for a thing when i wanted it and i didn't get more of that same thing every single day on a brick that i carry around with me to mm-hmm. like mold me into like a certain way of being i don't know i'm not saying it's like I'm not saying it's evil. I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. It definitely has. A- I-, I think parents should be more knowledgeable. I think that they should be more um, hands-on. I don't think a kid should have, uh, I don't think a kid should have a cell phone until they're like 13, 14. I, I don't know how you're gonna do that in this day and age because that's gonna be so weird. Um, right. The kids gonna get made fun of and shit. But like, I, I honestly think, like, huh. I think it's more responsibility than having a car. Maybe not more, but different. It's like equal in a different way.
0: I mean, I don't know,
1: yeah. That those
0: are two things that are completely immeasurable, uh, or at least they're hard to compare. Yeah, but hard to compare. And understand that, yeah, they like they both have a high level of responsibility. Um, without you know, more so the phone, without even knowing it because there's so much access to knowledge, and yeah, there's parental restrictions that you could put on there. But at the same time, I mean, who's to say the kid that you know, anybody can't just like turn that off, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's guidelines and whatever, but, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just so much out there that, you know, kids, you know, need to, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just such a crazy thing. Uh, that's, that I feel like kids need to develop certain skills on their own in the analog world, if, uh, if you will, before they can really dive into and start deciphering, um, the in navigating really the digital world and all the all the knowledge that comes with it because of so much information that is so adult and beyond beyond the comprehension of your average you know 10 11 12 year old
1: dude it's beyond the comprehension of a great swath of the average adult so yeah. you know it's it's really um it's intense out there man yeah i just want more people to i i guess i i just want more people to I, at 30 I'm amazed at how much information actually is out there and I get that that's what the adults were trying to get me to understand but now you, but I but now but I but I think they didn't even understand how much information is out there you know what I mean their version of information is dwarfed
0: yeah now, because of how but because oh of God. This freaking like little digital brick in our pocket it's crazy
1: it's conceivable that nobody really has to go to college like right now it's conceivable like i'm not saying you will get the best education but if you were taught to learn rather than to repeat facts you know like if you were actually taught to learn like anything that you wanted to learn like how to be a learner a lifelong learner if that's what school taught then basically at the age of like starting at the age of like 16 17 like it's conceivable that you would just be like fly my little birdies and then everybody could just teach themselves whatever it is that they wanted on the internet
0: i mean back to like the my first statement at the beginning of this, like, I feel like you've definitely been one of the more prolific learners I've ever encountered. What are, what are some ways and things that in practices that you go down to really strengthen or that have
1: strengthened your, your ability to learn so much and so quickly? Um, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that. And like, it makes me feel good, but I think I had a bigger ego than I than I ever deserved about like being a a strong learner because I was gifted in a way to like, that I, I I can pretty much jump into anything and like seem above average pretty quickly. But the problem is, is that gift is actually a curse because I hit a plateau even quicker than other people. And then other people surpass me who are better learners actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and better learners in you know making smaller circles and learning for the long haul rather than just for the quick you know impressing you know because you're like a quick starter essentially and I think that kind of um, that hurt me for a long time and and so in the last um, probably like five years I've really been seeing like how much like the real learners like the real like strong learners of the world like i'm talking like the one percent learners who like are not only good at learning very quickly but also learning very deeply um for the long haul uh that their strategies were just far and above anything that i was employing and so I guess I would say like, don't do as I do, like do as I'm trying to do now. And, and what I'm saying is that there was so much information out there that has existed that would have helped me so much in doing anything that I wanted to do. And all of those things I think can be summarized in the art of learning and in mastery. In those two books are literally the keys to like the fundamental mindset shifts and keys and, and warnings for it for common pitfalls and and like I have had this very strong feeling that had I not had the ego that I had and had I had access to those books knew that they were even out there Um, somebody gifted them to me or I ran into them in the library instead of picking up um, the next Forgotten Realms book (laughs) you know or Planet of the Apes or you know Orson Welles or whatever sci-fi I was reading those things were shaped me too but but, um, yeah, they would have been hugely, uh, yeah, hugely influential. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I was ready for them, if I'm being honest. I think I was ready for them when they came to me.
0: They found so, you.
1: So, what? They found you. Maybe, maybe. Um, I was ready to find them, and so I did. And maybe if I had been ready back then, they would have found me earlier.
0: Uh.
1: But yeah, um, other than that, with that heavy disclaimer, I guess I would say that I think my biggest asset in always learning, continually learning, was um, always feeling like I could do it. Didn't matter what it was. I like if you can learn one thing, you can learn another thing. So you might not be as good at it as somebody else but it doesn't matter because if you want to learn it, you can learn it. Every single, everyone has the same tools. We all have, I mean, not the same quality of tools, but we all essentially have the same tools. We all learn to walk and to speak and to communicate with other human beings. That in itself is phenomenal. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely, it's mind blowing. Like how difficult it is to learn to walk and if you can learn to walk, you can learn to run, you can learn to communicate and speak. You can pretty much learn, learn anything, but you have to be willing to wear your white belt, which is a quote from mastery. You have to be willing to be a baby at it, <laughs> like literally be so bad and to not care what other people think. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm good at that at the beginning until I develop a little, I think in the past that that's why I think what happens to me is, is that in, in the past, I'm not as good of a learner as I could have been because I would wear my white belt until I felt like I had something to lose, which happens pretty quickly because you start to get better, you know. If you, if you're having an open mind and you're, and you're really giving it it your all, and you don't care what other people think, and then suddenly you're like at a certain, you know, maybe you start to impress people, and then you feel like, oh, I got to maintain this, this um, level of, of effort. But a lot of the times, what happens like as you're learning something, you 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 may have a breakthrough. But then, so you go up, up a plateau, you know, you go to a peak, but then you come back down to a plateau. So, to, to get to another peak, you have to first come back down. So, you actually have to get worse a lot of the times. So like, you get better, you get a breakthrough, and then you have to get worse again. And you have to be okay with being worse. Now, you're not as bad as you were before, you're better than there, but you've also gotten this sneak peek, if you will, at what it is to be at the high, this higher level. And If you try to keep maintaining that peak, then you'll collapse. You'll fall back down. Yeah, those peaks are nothing without the valleys. Yeah, the the entire book Mastery is about how the valleys, how the plateaus are really where we spend most of our life, and so you should learn to love it, because that's where most of life happens. Man, that's not yeah. I didn't. That's not my quote, but that's pretty much that's what the whole book is pretty much about i mean that was something that i i, could, I can definitely sit on and
0: let that settle because that's that's some real shit man that's where life really happens you know those moments where things are great awesome but where life happens is when you're in the dirt when you're down i mean not every plateau is the dirt not every plateau is a dump when, but when you slump back down in order to and and work your way back up to a peak that's what the li- That's what yeah that's that's what life is that's going to define you, and that's what's going to take you to that next level every time you get every one of those failures that you have every yeah it's that's why I think earlier you you at your you wrote me uh you know what what's your favorite failure I couldn't pick one because so many of them I've learned so much <laughs> from every single failure I've ever had yeah. i felt like I was being dragged through the dirt after it, but I've always learned so much, and I feel like I've been able to level up because of failure, which almost has, at this point in life, I've gotten an addiction to failure, like, yeah. when, when something doesn't work out, low key, yeah, it sucks, and, you know, you kind of have to settle into whatever disappointment there is, but you also, like, get to a point where you realize, like, damn, like, there's so much growth to be had from this, and it's going to catapult me ag- up again, and, you know, eventually I'm going to have to crash down again, but whatever, you know, it's only for the sole purpose of me going even further and higher and higher and higher in,
1: in whether it be consciousness or even the social ladder, whatever the case is. But in the art of learning, one of the main like things that he kind of beats over the head, maybe not beats it over the head, um, but uh, a quote that he says pretty, or a big key thing that he says is uh winner's, Winning is not the only thing that winners do. They invest in losing. They invest in losing. So, it, like, winners know that it's important to to lose and to lose intentionally. And, um, you know, that was really profound for me because, well, especially in, like, when I was pursuing the fighting games, uh, competing in, um, like, Street Fighter Five. And I would watch a lot of these guys who were really good, really strong learners, especially in, in this realm in which, you know, they, had, some of them, you know, had, had decades of experience. Others were really strong learners and had come from other industries. And what I would see is that exact same tenet being played out is that in tournaments they would win. But I would, I would get this misconception that they weren't as good as, as like everybody thought they were as their performance, like showed, because when I would watch their process, I would just watch them screwing up all the time. But then, you know, now what I understand is, oh, that that was all intentional. Like they were, they were, they didn't care what everyone was, that everyone was looking, you know, they flipped the stream on and then they just invested in losing for hours on end. You know, and they, they won a lot too, but they tried things and they didn't care if it, not that they didn't care if it succeeded or failed, but they just took stock if it failed asked why some of those things would make it into their you know into their tournament play other times you know it wouldn't and then you know i could see that a lot of guys uh like me that have more of a habit of um trying to impress while streaming like not lose as much not take as many risks uh as far as like trying new things and and like um just ignoring the camera so to speak Mm -hmm. uh actually fell behind it's not to say that like we wouldn't eventually get there, but, but in our day and age, it's about speed. (laughs) Stuff changes too fast.
0: So So what, uh, what are some, uh, some of the biggest takeaways that you think, um, that you'd like people at home to kind of resonate on as we wrap this thing up?
1: Ooh, I think, man, I feel like, we just took him through the ringer. He took me through the ringer. I'm I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm dry. I'm bone dry. Yeah, man. No, that was a lot. That's definitely a lot for me to sit on,
0: and a lot of things that are just super enlightening. You know, I I can definitely can I concur with many of the things you say, and I I feel like I, I've experienced a lot of them myself in my own ways. So for I me, think. That, oh, sorry. Great. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think the biggest the biggest takeaway is something that I've already said, but I'll, I'll repeat it again because I think it's probably the most important because it's really the undercurrent of everything we've been talking about. And that's that um, it, you should challenge your assumptions. And I don't even mean like big ones. Like I just mean like the little things throughout the day. Those are the big, the big ones because they inform everything that you do. Um, and and it can be hard to even know sometimes that you're holding an assumption,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that assumption can be twenty years old, thirty years old, forty years old, um, and it could be layered on top of so many things. And, and when you challenge it, you know, if you decide to to get rid of it or break it down, you might be collapsing a whole house of cards. Um, but you know, but the but the thing that I've come to like really understand more and more about. Um, my mind and and about the human mind is that like that's what it's made for that is maybe that's what it's designed to do in a way that I I kind of think in that in that way now is that it's designed to design itself so it should change it should evolve you know it, it has evolved to be able to be so adaptive that it can deal with any and all pressures of the physical world you know and the intellectual and the communal and and all of the things that go into being a human like we've conquered this globe so to speak we haven't conquered the balance of us in it that's our next challenge but we've conquered you know the territory in a sense um we're certainly the most prolific animal, animal on the pro- prolific complex animal on the planet Um, That we know of, uh, well, on this planet. Well, I guess (laughs) maybe some. Yeah, they're hiding the 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 reptiles and the deep sea reptiles or something. Yeah, they're in the. There's Atlantis and the. Yeah. In the in the Great Rift or whatever the what's the thing (laughs) in in Aquaman, the like the Rift or something, right? The crack in the earth where all the crazy like old Atlanteans that got uh, disfigured are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, that, that's pretty much it. I think that's what I want to leave people on. Um, challenge your assumptions. Redesign, your, redesign something in your mind, in your brain for, for the better. There's always a better way. Always. Yeah. The way you learned
0: isn't always the only way. Yeah. Proceed with curiosity. I think that's like one of the, my favorite quotes that I totally should have mentioned earlier that straight up is you know exactly what you're saying proceed with curiosity challenge whatever live that life all right man i think we're gonna reel that in it was a okay. long episode. all right yeah no it's cool yeah man no i really enjoyed it and uh everything All straight up just bombs you've been dropping i know there's we talk about stuff like this all the time but putting it in a public forum is, is really cool and uh, I'm, I'm excited
1: to see uh, what coming. <laughs> um, well, thanks for having me, dude. Of course. It. it was fun talking to you. Yeah. As it's, always. it's always a great time. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, it's fun. I, I'm stoked that we tried out this new format um, with each other. And hopefully we can do some more things like this in the future uh, after you jumped out of a plane with me for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. I'm so nervous.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see how far we get. But yeah, no, because that's got to happen, man. You know, you got to do a big mental <laughs> block that you got to get past. And just I got to challenge that assumption. Challenge that assumption, man. All right, there it is. Cheat Day episode eight with Nick Rice is in the books. Hope you found that episode as insightful as I did. And you got some new reading material along the way as well. With that said, it's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope to see you on the next episode of Cheat Day. Peace. <laughs>